everyone. Welcome to the Shine a Light on series. Today we'll be shining a light on emerging tech for social good with Resham Khanna. Welcome, Resham. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yes, very excited to chat with you today. And to start, do you mind just giving us a brief introduction to who you are? Absolutely. So hi, everyone. I am Resham and I study cognitive science and psychology at the University of California, Berkeley. I am, however, currently on a gap year, um, and it's been quite a wild ride over this past year, just exploring product design and taking on projects, research, and doing internships. But I can't wait to head back to school this fall, which is an interesting thing to say. I think that's a really cool situation you're in, and not a lot of people do that. So super cool. I'm excited to dive in. So let's start with describing what tech for social good means. It kind of seems obvious, but maybe not to some. And I think a lot of tech companies would argue that their mission or their value is for social good, right? Like even companies like Facebook say, oh, we're like, we're connecting the world, which sounds very fluffy and it sounds nice. And it sounds like a social good project, but what does tech for social good mean to you? I think using technology for social good and, you know, placing the emphasis on uh, technology uh, that is specifically contributing to social good, like that can be seen as two different things. Personally, to me, when we talk about tech for social good, um, it's extremely important to understand, empathize, and measure whether the people that you're trying to impact are being positively impacted. And just beyond being positively impacted, it's kind of like the aftertaste, essentially, that you leave behind. Are you treating it as more of a charity cause and um, going in with this intention of like being, you know, like having the savior complex and going in um, trying to uh, help people, but maybe not necessarily making them feel good about it, um, as opposed to using technology with this intrinsic motivation to help people. I think a lot of this also really just depends on the kind of motivations that you come in with. Um, Oftentimes for big tech, uh, there is this tendency to focus on social good as more of an afterthought rather than building it into your core values. Um, but hopefully over this past year, we've seen so many different uh, social climate changes. And I hope that those kind of contribute to people placing that emphasis um, that, uh, you know, very required, necessary intention behind um, using technology for social good actively and making sure that people that they're trying to influence and the lives that they're trying to touch, um, those benefits and that same joy is experienced across the entire community. Yeah, no, those are all great points that you made, especially regarding the savior complex, if you sort of add these things as an afterthought later on. so. I'm assuming you would suggest, and let me know if I'm wrong here, that as you come up with ideas for projects or businesses, starting up front with your values and defining those and connecting it to social good causes where you can would be better than trying to implement them later on. Is this your, your thought? Yeah, yeah, I think it's really important to really spend a lot of time in the research stage and try to have participatory or co-design 
work into your frameworks as much as possible. You can only come in with a limited experience for the people that you're attempting to design for if you're an outsider, but actively engaging and involving them in the process um, and letting them, you know, not sort of keeping up this curtain and really letting them in on this whole backstage action as you go through whether that's the designer development process for whatever it is that you're building, you're defining uh, your um, objectives and principles straight up and that they are in line with those of the community um, that you have uh, front and center in this project, uh, that can be really helpful. Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you for that. And I know you just mentioned you took a gap year, which I think is awesome to do all these really cool projects and lots of cool work. So. I wanted to give you the opportunity too to tell us about some of these projects that you've been a part of that you're comfortable speaking about um, and that you're particularly passionate about whenever you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this past year has been really interesting because I got to explore all of these different fields from uh, health to fintech. And now very soon I'll be exploring the gaming industry uh, as a game design intern at Electronic Arts. Um, it's been quite a wild ride. I did spend a considerable amount of time um, designing a, an immersive VR experience for relaxation through the Oculus Start program um, with my teammates from Extended Reality at Berkeley. And we're looking at launching that product through the Oculus Store very soon. Um, in fact, within a matter of a month um, and a few other experiences that were um, instrumental in kind of moving me towards where I am right now were my involvement with Develop for Good, where I started as a volunteer on the UNICEF assistive technology team um, as the design lead. And now I'm working on managing other projects within Develop for Good and overseeing professional development. I also became involved with Blockchain at Berkeley, where we worked on a supply chain distribution and management platform for the COVID-19 vaccines mm -hmm. uh, called CureTrack, which was really interesting. And I was the sole designer on the project. So there was a steep learning curve, but that's what made it so fun. I think the rest is just internships. I worked on gamification um, with this fintech company called BTM, a gamification and new user acquisition project. Uh, and I worked there for six months, which was a really long time, but really fun and rewarding experience. I got to ship an application for over 350 million users, which was quite unbelievable. Um, but yeah, and then after that, I transitioned into help deck and worked on designing accessible systems uh, for patients and physician portals at MPHRX. Back in February, I also started the Friends of Figma Accessible Design Group as a community advocate, which has also been a really rewarding and meaningful experience. Um, it's personally helped me learn a lot more about accessibility and creating a community that I can learn and grow with. Um, so it's been really nice hosting events and chatting with the folks out there. Nice. Very cool. Obviously, everything you're up to or have been up to is really, really cool and all unique experiences, honestly. So that's really cool that you didn't sort of like tie yourself down to a specific industry or realm. You're all over the place in a beautiful way. Thank so, you. Yes, of course. And I must ask for the sake of anyone listening in, how how can others get involved? Like how can others sign up for these these projects or or work? How did you find the opportunities and how'd you go about applying for them? Yeah, so here's the interesting part. 
for those of you who might not know me, I'm actually an international student. So when I ended up taking my gap year, a very natural thing that followed was me losing my work authorization, which meant that I could no longer work or apply to positions in the United States. Um, and for work authorization, I will not regain it until May 22, which is actually when I graduate because you have to complete two semesters of college if you've been away for five months or more. Um, so as for finding opportunities, I didn't have a lot to work with because positions in India, which is where I've been since March 2020, um, they seem to be fairly limited, especially for someone in design. And most of the recruitment for internships happens through placement cells at colleges. So postings never even make it online. Um, and my workaround to that was just really asking, keeping my eyes and ears open, making sure that I was actively involved in, you know, um, I was actively involved on LinkedIn and, um, Talking to a bunch of people, always being curious. If I saw something, I would take note of it. If it interested me, made sure to have chats with people. And then a lot of opportunities I actually heard about from other people because they were doing similar things or had heard about similar programs. Just going in with the intention of chatting with people and, you know, seeing where things go. Um, I promise you things will come your way uh, if you do that. Mm -hmm. Yes, I feel like I hear like in every pocket of my life that networking is super important and even more than networking, creating genuine relationships that could lead to who who knows where. And it sounds like that happened to you a lot over this past year or so. Alrighty, next question for you. What do you think some perks are of working on projects in general maybe, but especially ones that are like for a social good or for some cause? I think when you work on a project that if you're working with a nonprofit or an entity or an organization that does this day in and day out, I think the main benefit that you can personally have, even if you're volunteering your time, is um, having that true sense of ownership. Usually in big tech and larger corporations, you're part of, you know, a sea of designers or just like, of this this um, massive collection of software engineers there's hundreds and thousands of them and you're one person working on a smaller feature maybe you could even be working on something as simple as redesigning a button for months and while that's good in order to sharpen your skills and that's something that's very very detailed maybe you'll come out as you know a star button designer but for someone early on in their careers who really wants to make an impact and also learn and take ownership, have that opportunity to lead and explore in unfamiliar places, I would highly recommend going into positions that let you build products for social goods specifically, especially if you're working with a nonprofit. Not only are they going to benefit from your skill set and the value that you add to this project since Nonprofits often don't have that sort of funding to be able to recruit um, senior level industry talent, but they will also let you take ownership oftentimes of whatever it is that you're building. Um, and shipping products for someone early on in their career is really, really helpful because you have something to show for what you do when you go in um, to apply for full-time roles. 
it's also been really rewarding because the community or group of people that you design for, you end up learning so much more about them and becoming so much more closer to them. And at least personally, in my experience, when I was leading design for uh, UNICEF's Seaboard, which is this um, open source communication tool for children with complex communication needs. It was just, um, not only was it a really interesting design problem because uh, children have a very specific way of thinking. And when you're designing for children who already have, um, you know, a certain complex communication needs and uh, certain other conditions that they might have in conjunction to that, such as autism or dyslexia, the way they interact with technology becomes um, even more interesting to study and understand. It's a very interesting design challenge to solve. So you're wrestling with these giant problems while you know contributing, doing your bit as someone in tech to build these products for people who could genuinely really benefit in their day-to-day -day lives. And you're also getting to take ownership. So I, I would say working in tech towards social good is it's just so fun, so fulfilling. Um, I would definitely recommend people to go out there and, and try it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, awesome. Awesome, thank you for that. And this next question I think relates a lot to the first question in terms of like values-based work. And if I'm not starting the project myself and I can't define those values up front, how do I know if my project is a social good project and it's actually maybe genuinely committing itself to something larger than, I don't know, superficiality or some sort of savior complex. Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah. So how do you know if your project is actually a social good project? Um, again, it should really focus on outcomes in an empathetic and humane way. So instead of simply just, you know, maybe measuring uh, impact in terms of, oh, we had um, well, measuring impact in terms of numbers can be helpful in certain situations. For example, if you're um, building something that saves lives and you can see the number of lives that are being saved increase, then that, that is an indication of your product working. Um, but if you are making things, building things that are intended to make things easier for the people who use them and um, intended to assist in any particular function or maybe it's something as simple as making a you know donation platform the real test there would be to actually go and talk to the end users um and i wouldn't even say talk to the end users the real test would be to go and talk to the people that you're designing for um i'm also actively trying to shift language. We use user a lot, but it's very important to remember that it is people that we're designing for. So calling them people is extremely important. Um, and realizing that you're, they're not just numbers that you are influencing through your work, it's actual human lives. And um, making sure you have very open and clear conversation with the people that you're working with and designing for. Um, hopefully there's co-design and participatory design in that process. But getting their thoughts um, on a more detailed level, like beyond the statistics or metrics, whatever it is that the product manager has probably defined for the project, beyond just surveying those and studying those, um, really understanding where it is that your product is still continuing to fail 
and trying to understand whether your metrics are being led by an unintended or like unaccounted for factor or whether your product is actually actively contributing to those metrics being um, swayed in the right direction. Yeah, these are great points. And I actually love this note you made about saying people instead of users. I actually haven't heard that that mindset yet, but I appreciate that perspective. All right. I, I know you mentioned a little bit about nonprofits specifically that you worked for. I'm curious from your experiences in working with social good teams and companies and projects, is it typically nonprofits that you notice that sort of focus on these things? Or is it possible to do like social good work at a for-profit company? I would actually say that there is no guarantee that even if you are at a nonprofit organization or um, and no matter how big or small, there is no guarantee that you're actually doing work that is meant for social good. Um, again, really revisiting the thing it is that you're building and making sure that there is value and um, that it's actually helping the people that it's supposed to help um, without making them feel bad or burdened or like a charity cause. Um, so it's it's really important to Keep your eyes and ears open whenever it is you're designing for something because you could be building, you know, you could be working with a large nonprofit organization and working on a product like uh, something like a site for displaying projects and gathering donations. But the fact is a product like that, there's probably hundreds out there. So are you really, truly adding value by the work that you're doing? Or is it just something um, that you're doing to tell yourself that you're um, helping people out and actually partaking in social good? So it's also really important to sort of look inwards and constantly check your own motivation um, behind what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it and whether that has any actual impact. Um, as for social good in big tech, um, that's kind of a double-edged sword because we have heard that inherently a lot of larger corporations tend to have very questionable practices. But at the same time, I do believe that you can use their presence, um, their capital, the kind of human talent that they have, um, and honestly, their reach as well. Um, they can really be used towards helping people and pushing for social good in the right direction because they have that sort of influence. And, you know, especially for things like social media, I've been I've been talking with the Facebook social impact team a lot these days. And honestly, the work that they've been doing for the Coronavirus Information Center has been extremely, extremely impressive. And They've actually conducted research that has shown that the work that they've done, they've done on the Coronavirus Information Center has helped influence the way people think and actually helped them change for the better. A lot of people who were initially hesitant to get vaccines or didn't really know all that much about COVID-19 protocols, you know, were able to acquire this information from just uh, that Coronavirus Information Center while browsing Facebook. Um, and also the work that they've been doing around uh, fighting fake news around the, co the COVID-19 pandemic has been um, also really instrumental in dispelling uh, fake news articles that oftentimes come out and give people um, 
hazardous advice about things that they they can do to help fight this pandemic. Oh, that's really, that's an awesome example. Thank you for bringing that up. And I like that you sort of laid out maybe what the audience wasn't expecting of possible Mm -hmm. cons or situations where nonprofits might not sort of align with what you're going for in terms of intentions and what you want to deliver to the people you're building products for and how big tech companies who maybe are sometimes more so seen in a bad light more often than nonprofits, I think, um, how they could actually do a lot of social good. So it just sounds like it depends on you as a person and the product that you're actually working on and how it's actually changing lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I previously mentioned, having this open, clear dialogue with the people that you're working with, it's really helpful to have access um, directly and being able to chat with the people that you're designing for and with, because then you're able to see their own perspectives. But then at the same time, you should also maintain that clear and open communication with the organization that you're working with, whether that's a nonprofit or whether that's a company. Um, and the people from within that company or organization should be on the same page um, in understanding the motivation behind this project. And if someone else pitched this project to you, um, which is most likely what's going to happen for people who are early on in their careers, um, taking a lot of time in the initial problem space and really um, vetting whether this is the right problem to focus on and whether, um, you know, oftentimes they'll walk up to you, oh, we have this problem, like people aren't donating enough, projects aren't getting enough exposure. So the solution is we're just going to make a website. But there's a lot in between um, the problem and the solution um, and that those steps can often get missed when you're working at a smaller company or an organization like a nonprofit. So sometimes it's not even about them trying to do something that they know is going to be futile. It's just the lack of resources and the lack of time for user research, um, for understanding the background, really going through the design process. And when you miss a few steps, um, it, it leaves room for making assumptions, which can be harmful in the long run. So spend a lot of time in the research stage, just talk to a lot of people and really just focus on making sure that you are answering the right questions, whether those are the, even the questions that you should be asking for that particular scenario before moving forward and investing resources. Awesome. All great points. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. And my last question to you already, you're at this point, do you have any last words of wisdom for folks who are looking to give back to the world through social good tech projects? I would say there are definitely a lot of different communities that you can use as a stepping stone to enter into this world of tech for social good. Um, I will say Develop for Good has been really, really instrumental in helping me open up to this whole world and realizing that my skill set could be used for things beyond just making, you know, consumer app screens. So definitely keep your ears open and eyes peeled. Um, you can sign up for the newsletter on their website, which is developforgood.org, and they have a range of projects in all sorts of industries and all sorts of communities. So I'm sure there's something for everyone. There are also a bunch of groups that came up um, that are focusing on designing for um, COVID-19 and especially like contributing towards healthcare causes. 
um, since that's the kind of world that we live in right now. If you have a passion for health tech and healthcare um, and you want to build things that are possibly like unique or really help change lives, save lives, I would recommend that you go, go out there and look for volunteering portals on the internet um, for the pandemic if you want to contribute to that cause. And lastly, I would say if you see a lack of something out there, um, if you have a problem that is particularly close to your heart, but you don't really see you know, solutions or communities or existing products out there, I would say that is something that's really powerful and you should definitely do something about it. Like, don't be afraid to, even if it seems really daunting, even if it seems like a huge task, if you have the time, um, you know, find a few people if you can, or just sort of go into it solo and get a feel of how things are, but don't be afraid to take ownership and just step forward and, you know, build a whole new product if you have the time. Um, it will be challenging, but I will also say that it will help you become so much better at whatever it is that you do. There are also a bunch of groups that came up um, that are focusing on designing for um, COVID-19 and especially like contributing towards healthcare causes, um, since that's the kind of world that we live in right now. If you have a passion for health tech and healthcare um, and you want to build things that are possibly like unique or really help change lives, save lives, I would recommend that you go, go out there and look for volunteering portals on the internet um, for the pandemic if you want to contribute to that cause. And lastly, I would say if you see a lack of something out there, um, if you have a problem that is particularly close to your heart, but you don't really see you know, solutions or communities or existing products out there, I would say that is something that's really powerful and you should definitely do something about it. Like, don't be afraid to, even if it seems really daunting, even if it seems like a huge task, if you have the time, um, you know, find a few people if you can, or just sort of go into it solo and get a feel of how things are, but don't be afraid to take ownership and just step forward and, you know, build a whole new product if you have the time. Um, it will be challenging, but I will also say that it will help you become so much better at whatever it is that you do. Definitely. Well, that inspired me. <laughs> I feel like I should sign up for more immediately. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining me today. This is an awesome conversation. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I had a great time chatting about all of this and really got me thinking as well, just about the things I do. And, you know, I, it's always good to kind of recheck where you are, your attention. Reflect. Yes. Yeah, no, definitely. And to anyone tuning in, thank you for joining us. As always at Opal, we shine brighter together and we'll see you next time.